I get it. I know that some days you're just barely making it, but your heart longs to be fully alive again. What if you didn't have to feel overwhelmed or lonely or discouraged? What if you had a chance to come out from under all the responsibilities you shoulder and the demands placed on your day? You aren't stuck, you aren't buried, and you definitely aren't trapped. Life won't always be this way because you're powerful. You just need to be reminded and revived. I'm Becky Thompson, and you're listening to the Revived Motherhood Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Revived Motherhood Podcast. I'm Becky Thompson, and I am so glad to be spending the next few minutes with you. Um, It's almost Christmas. We are just a few days away from Christmas, and this is always the time of year when I feel especially um, underprepared, unorganized. I don't know. Just think of all of the words that don't mean put together, figured out, under control. All of the opposite words. That's me. This morning, I ran two little packages of green napkins up to the school that I'm pretty sure were due yesterday for a class party. Because if you've been following along for a while, maybe not here on the podcast, but maybe over on my blog at beckythompson.com or on Facebook, you know that I'm napkin mom. You heard me say this before, you know, when they're doing the parent sign up sheets and you can sign up for cookies or juice or gift bags or whatever. I always choose napkins. I mean, it's really simple. You buy them in a package. They come all together. You have to buy like one package of them. And I always say that napkins kind of set the tone for the party. I mean, you kind of get to decide what theme we're going with when you pick the napkins. So it's fun, but it's also super easy. And I feel like it says a lot about myself as a mom and where I am just in the hierarchy of the classroom mom life. So I will likely never be gift bag mom, and I'm fine with that. So this morning, I ran the napkins up to the school, and they were late because even signing up for something as simple as napkins, you guys, I'm falling behind. But it's Christmas, and that's not what any of this season is about. It's about the peace and the love and the hope that came to earth in the form of sweet baby Jesus and teaching our families about his love and teaching our families about the importance of why he came and what that means for us as his children. So that's the meaning of the season. We know all of that. But the real life of motherhood is that I have so many Amazon packages that still need to come in the mail. I've got things that are back ordered. I'm running around from store to store and it would have been so much easier to just take care of all of this weeks ago. I mean, I had 365 days to know that Christmas was coming. It did not, you know, jump up on me. It's not like they move it around and we never know what random day it's going to be on. I had a year. We had a year to prep for this and I'm still behind. So Anyway, if that's you, if you've got Christmas parties or musicals or plays or a million things left to wrap or figure out or family events or meals or whatever it is, we are all right there with you. For me, this time of year is really when anxiety is the highest for me. So you might have heard me talk about this um, in other places. I am, I'm anxious. I am anxious like my name is Becky like I am a child of God, like I am a mom to Colton Cadence and Jackson and the wife of Jared. It is not um, my identity, but it is definitely something that is a part of my life. And I've prayed and I've taken um, 
different vitamins and I've done all of the things that you're supposed to do to overcome anxiety. And there are days when I feel well, and there are days when I don't feel well. And there are days when I can function super well with um, with this sort of underlying fear and anxiousness. And there are other days and sometimes when I just have to stop and regather myself. And so I am not ashamed or embarrassed to say that I face anxiety and deal with the feelings of anxiousness almost on a daily basis. Um, And I'm not ashamed to say that because I understand that it's a part of brokenness and it's not a part of my identity. My identity is in being a daughter of God. My identity is that I was made in his image and I carry his likeness and I carry his presence within me, that I am a citizen of heaven. That is who I am. But what I face on a daily basis in this body that navigates a broken world are some of the characteristics that make up my daily life. I mean, this is anxiety is a symptom. It's something that I face, but it's not who I am. But I'm not embarrassed of it. I'm not embarrassed to say that I deal with feelings of anxiousness because I can separate it out from my identity. Does that make sense? So often when people are anxious, we categorize them and we say, she is anxious. It's almost like saying she is anxiety. And so if you are anxious and you have been dealing with anxiety for any portion of your life, maybe your whole life, maybe just a few days or weeks or whatever, I don't know. um, I want you to hear me say this. You are not the anxiety that you face. You are a woman, a daughter of God, chosen, loved by him, perfectly called according to his purposes. And sometimes you feel anxious. Now, for me, I have felt anxious most of my life. One of the first moments of anxiety that I can really point to is in the first grade. And I remember laying in bed and being afraid that my house was going to catch on fire and that my parents were going to come for me. And um, I would somehow have made it out on my own, but that they would be caught in the flames and that I was going to be responsible that they didn't make it out. Now, my mind made up a whole scenario based on I don't even know what, because nobody in my family had ever experienced fire. We'd never been through anything like that. There was never any danger of fire. You know, we had working smoke detectors. We didn't have any firefighters in our family. I have no idea where this fear came from, but it was very, very real to me. It was very, very, very real real to me. And I remember laying there in bed and playing out these scenarios and crying because they felt so real. My imagination had created an entire reality that hadn't ever existed. And so, like I said, anxiety has been a part of my story, you know, all the way back to first grade. I don't know if I was anxious before then, but that's just the first moment that I can point to. You know, 25 years later, I still lay in bed and I still have moments where I create all of these possibilities in my mind that will likely never come to pass. And I don't just do this at night anymore. I don't just lie awake in bed and think about tomorrow and worry about the future. I do this throughout the day. I'll have little scenarios where I'm talking with the kids or I'm talking with my husband and I'm just thinking about what could be. And it's because my mind imagines and creates And this is one of the ways that we are the most like God. And I say that because of this. When God made us, he made us with the ability to create and think and plan like him. 
And we were never supposed to do it in a world where we understood evil. We were always supposed to dream and plan and create and be like him in a world that was full of love and hope and peace and his goodness. But when the world broke through Adam and Eve, when brokenness came into the world, even our imaginations broke. Our bodies broke, our cells broke, everything broke within us. The fact that we die proves that this is true. On the cellular level, we are broken. And why am I talking about that? Why does the brokenness of the world have anything to do with our anxiety? It's because we live our lives in a broken world with broken bodies and broken minds. And the truth is, a lot of the anxieties that we experience, a lot of the feelings that we have are a result of, you know, imbalanced chemicals in our brain. It's a result of the stress that we face around us. It's a result of internal and external factors in this world that isn't what it was supposed to be. And I think in the church, we take anxiety and depression and any other kind of mental illness and we categorize it and we say that if people had more faith, if people prayed more, if people were in the word more, they would know what was true and they would act like God was still on the throne and they would act like they are sons and daughters of God. But I want to tell you, friend, I know the truth. I love the Lord. I've experienced his presence. I have constant conversations with him throughout the day. I trust him as my good father. And yet the chemical imbalances in my brain keep me from understanding what my heart knows is true. Sometimes my feelings are liars. Sometimes what's actually happening in my physical body, the stress that I carry in my back, my racing heart and my racing mind are actually symptoms of processes that aren't working correctly within me. They're not a fault of my faith. And I think it's really important that the church acknowledges, recognizes, and talks about this, that we need to pray for people to be healed of anxiety, not just to have more faith and pray more and trust God more. Yes, all of those things help. And those are the things that we do in the process while we wait to be healed. But I want to tell you this, we need to pray for people with anxiety like we pray for people who have diabetes. We need to pray for people who have anxiety like we need to pray for people who are blind to have their blind eyes see. In the church, you would never go up to a person in a wheelchair, man, woman, or child, and tell them that if they had more faith, that they would get up and walk. Yes, we believe in the miracle. Yes, we believe that God still takes people out of wheelchairs. Yes, we believe that we can contend for healing today. But I think it's ridiculous that we pull anxiety, depression, mental illnesses into the separate category and we treat them like they are the fault of the person rather than the fault of the brokenness in this world. They are the same as every other kind of brokenness that a Christian might face, and it is not a result of lacking faith. You can be full of faith and still experience the side effects of fear in your body. That's hard. People aren't going to preach that very often. They're not going to talk about that very often. Becky, how can you be afraid and full of faith? Well, while my heart and my mind might know what is true, the chemical processes happening through me that are are signaling my fight or flight mode inside of my body are telling my, my emotions to be afraid. This is where praying, this is where reading the word, this is where taking time out and focusing on what is true can help 
us. They can help our heart settle. Playing worship music can help our heart settle. Talking to a trusted friend and explaining your feelings, just putting them out there can help our heart settle. Having someone look at us and say, it's okay that you feel this way, even though you know what God says is true and that it's still real. Those are all things that can help our heart settle. But your lacking faith is not always the root cause of your anxiety. And so telling a Christian woman with anxiety that if she read the word more, prayed more, was a better Christian, that she would not have anxiety is not healthy. And it's not always true. Because while those things do help us, there are some things that we might have to do as Christians living in broken bodies that um, that are not unlike what non-Christians would do. We might need to go see a doctor. We might need to talk to a psychologist. We might need to figure out what's causing the anxiety other than just the stress that we're facing. You might need to schedule an appointment. And I am not a medical professional. I cannot give you medical advice and I won't give you medical advice. But I can tell you as a friend that talking to a medical professional might be what you need to do. You don't you don't just need to pray. You might need to pray and go get additional help. And there is nothing wrong with you as a woman, as a Christian woman, saying you needed help. If your leg was falling off, you would go to the doctor because it keeps you from functioning, right? Like if you had an open wound that wasn't healing, you would go to the doctor because it's unhealthy to your body. It's unhealthy to live your life with open wounds. We laugh. It's it's not funny, but it's it's almost comical to me to laugh at the thought of us going around with these open gaping wounds, never getting them addressed when anxiety is the same thing. We just can't see it. It's a brokenness. It's a wound. It's something that needs to be addressed and often needs to be addressed by a doctor or a professional who can help us heal. But in the process, in the meantime, while we go and we see the doctors or we talk to our pastors or we find counselors or psychiatrists or psychologists, while we take the steps necessary to become whole, I want to stand with you and I want to say this. I have prayed my entire life to be free from anxiety. And like I said, there are days when I am whole. There are seasons when I'm well. There are seasons when everything else that I'm doing to get all of the processes inside my body under control work well and and um, and are healthy and whole. But there are days when I still feel sick. And so as you wait for your healing and as you wait for your wholeness, I want to remind you, that we still serve a miracle working God. We still have a father who desires that we be made whole. We still have a father who says that we have been given the mind of Christ, that we have the ability to think like him and know his thoughts and not just have our own racing thoughts, but to hear from him and think like him and trust him. We still know that the word of God says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. We know that the word says these things are true. We know that his presence is always with us. We know that he never leaves us or forsakes us. And we know that he still performs miracles today. And so if you need peace today, if you need God to step in right now, 
If you need a miracle in your finances, if you need a miracle in your relationships, if you need a miracle in your circumstances, I want to pray right now and believe that God's going to do something in you because I believe that prayer is one of the most powerful things that God's given us because it's access to his heart and it's access to who he is and it's a way that we can come close to the Father in the name of Jesus and through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So will you do me a favor? It might seem kind of weird. If you're driving, don't. (laughs) If you're running, try. If you're sitting and you can, do this. Put your hand on your head and another one on your heart, and I want you to close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friend right now, and I pray that her heart would settle and her mind would be still. I pray that peace would flood over her now and wrap around her like a blanket, God. I pray that your spirit would overwhelm her and that she would feel your presence in a tangible way, God, like you have stepped into the room and you've wrapped your strong arms of love around her. Now, Father, I pray that as she rests her head on your chest and she leans against you, God, she feels your heartbeat and she feels your presence. God, I pray that you would heal her. I pray that the chemical imbalances in her mind would become balanced. I pray that the things inside of her that aren't working correctly, whether they're um, processes in her brain or an overactive um, hormone, whatever is causing the anxiety inside of her, God, if it's a physical defect, if it's a physical um, sickness or illness, I pray right now that you would heal it. I pray that you would heal her body. I pray that you would heal her mind. I pray that she would be made whole now, God. Lord, if it's stress that's causing her anxiety, if it's situations that she can't overcome on her own and she doesn't know how you're going to do it, God, I pray that she would feel your presence near her and know that you are in control and that you are going to work it out for her good, that she can trust you with it, God. I pray that she would um, leave this time together, leave this moment that we've spent together and say, I was afraid, I was worried, but now I trust you, God. And Father, if she needs strategy to talk with a counselor or a doctor or somebody that she hasn't spoken with before who can help lead her toward healing, Father, I pray that you would bring the right people in front of her. I pray that you would give her wisdom to know who to talk to, where to go, where to look, who to reach out to, Father. I thank you that you are working with her and alongside of her for her healing and her wholeness, that you sent Jesus so she could be made whole. You sent Jesus so she could be well. And Father, I speak to her mind and her body. I speak to her will and her emotions, and I tell all of it to come under your authority, God. And in the name of Jesus, I thank you that there will be a testimony of your healing power that went out in this moment and touched her right where she is. Lord, I thank you that at the holiday season, you came and you were with us. Your name, Jesus, is Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for sending Jesus so that you could be with her in this moment, on this day, as she listens to this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I love you, friends. I love having the chance to encourage your heart and remind you of what's true. You already know that God performs miracles. You already know that it's his desire that you be made well. You already know that he is the Prince of Peace and you have access to him and therefore you have everything that you need in him. My encouragement for you today is this. Your brokenness is not your fault. 
and God sees your faith and he knows that you trust him and he desires that you be made whole because we were never meant to do it all and we were never meant to do it alone and life is always better when we live it together. So my encouragement for you is to find a friend to talk to this week, share your heart and your struggle with them and I hope and I pray that you get all of your Christmas things done, that you're able to check everything off your list and at the end of the day, you know that your best is good enough no matter what is or isn't under the tree, no matter who you're spending time with, no matter what you do or don't get done. Because the Lord's with us and he loves you and he's proud of you and so am I. All right, share the podcast, get it out to everybody you know who could use some encouragement, especially on the topic of anxiety. And if you've been encouraged, leave us a review or go ahead and rate it. It helps other women like you and me find the podcast and the hope found here. I love you. Have a very Merry Christmas and until next time.